Welcome to The Marvelous Gospel, a podcast where we examine our favorite movies through a biblical, theological, and redemptive perspective. I'm Frank Gill, and I'm here with my friends Tommy Hutchinson and Jacob Michalski. How are you guys doing? I'm, I'm good, man. Hearing that music, it has been so long since I've heard that. that I don't know if you caught if, I don't know if you guys know this. We now have a video you can watch this. Frank, you and I were totally in sync on that. Like, there was an accidental, like, in sync. Oh, I am, I'm good. I, it is good to be back. How you doing, Jacob? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for inviting me back on, yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, we have a great episode. It's been, it's been several months, and uh, we just felt like we needed to, to, to do something before I go on sabbatical. And so we, uh, we, we got this episode, and I'm really excited to talk about this amazing, amazing masterpiece of a film. Um, but before we dive in, uh, if you're new to this and like, if this is your first episode of the marvelous gospel, welcome. Um, uh, we are a podcast where we talk about theology and the Marvel cinematic universe. So if you love the MCU and you love theology, apologetics, Christian doctrine, and how those two things intertwine, uh, share this podcast with a friend, rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Show us on the social medias, all that kind of stuff. And uh, all of our socials will be in the show notes. We would love to talk to you, too. Guys, I mean, before we dive into this movie, uh, there's been so much. I mean, like, movies have come out. Movies are coming out. Our favorite characters are getting arrested. Like, so much stuff is happening <laughs> in the MCU. <laughs> What's yeah, going it's on? A little, the, the arresting thing is a little... Uh... <laughs> Edgy. We probably should wait a few weeks to not talk only, about that Not one. only did Ant-Man defeat King, the United States government defeated <laughs> King. It's crazy, guys. It's crazy. If you don't know what we're talking about, just type in Jonathan Majors on Twitter and you'll see everything you need to Depending know. Depending on what day it is. It might be over by now. but Yeah. Um, guys, any, any, any quick thoughts about MCU news? I mean, uh, we saw, what was the last movie that came out? Ant-Man, Quantumania. That was a movie. Yeah. It was cool. <laughs> any thoughts? Yes, that was a movie. That was a movie, Frank. It was great. It was great seeing that with you guys. We brought the lives along. It was a good time to be had by all. Um, I was really stoked for the next phase yeah, of the man. MCU based on that movie. So I think it's going to yeah. be great. Anything quick, let's say Quantum Media came out. Uh, I don't know if we've even talked since before that. If we we talked about Thor: Love and Thunder, I don't think we, we talked, talked about She-Hulk. About, like I, I mean, yeah, I, we didn't talk about She-Hulk. We, no, we, so got, we, it, we got content. You dropped something on social for Wakanda. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that's how long it's been Wakanda forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of that to let you know, like, um, first off, we would we are excited to do more content coming up. Uh, just a quick update. So as you're listening and you're like, oh, we're back. We're full on in. Um, this is a one-off episode for a little while. Um, you heard Frank comment on it a little bit earlier, but he's going on sabbatical starting the day after Easter for two months. Yep. Something about a Disney Marvel cruise and some other stuff in there you got going on. Um, but so part of this is we wanted to do this episode to just say hi to you guys to come back. Um, but also to let you know, we plan on this fall jumping back in. So yep. we'll pick right back up. I think the last one we did was Endgame. So we're planning on picking up right after Endgame, continuing on through the movie watch order. And then we've started the conversation on what does it look like to talk about the TV shows. Because there is a ton of stuff in there to talk about. I've re- I mean, just I've just re- Moon Knight alone. Yeah, just yeah, Moon Knight yeah. alone. Yeah, Moon Knight would be There's a ton. I rewatched. I, I've already rewatched Loki and rewatched WandaVision, and I just can't wait to talk about it. It's gonna be so fun. Those those shows are are, are dope. But hey, 
Guys, we have a masterpiece of a film. Probably one of the greatest superhero films of our generation. Uh, is we're going to review today, right? So you guys ready to talk about it? Oh, let's, let's do it. go. We are talking about the 1997 release of Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space. Directed by Phil Vischer and Chris Olsen. And it's starring Larry the Cucumber slash Larry Boy. Junior Asparagus. The Fib. Archibald Asparagus as Alfred. Laura Carrot. Lenny Carrot. Percy P. Mike Asparagus and Bob the Tomato, who just does a quick cameo in this film. All right, you ready for a quick synopsis? Um, when Junior Asparagus breaks his dad's bowling plate, Junior lies about it. Then Junior lies more until he can't stop. And his friend Fib grows big and takes over Bumbleberg. <laughs> All right, that is the synopsis. Guys, what a great film. It is. You did, your, your synopsis is pretty good here, man. You got you you locked this sucker down. Um, this is this is a, a classic that, especially if you if you grew up in the church, this should this just brings back all the warm fuzzies. Because this was Larry Boy's debut. Like this I was his. So. This is his Iron Man one. Like this is this was his debut episode. I don't know what Jacob. Did you grow up watching this? Do you remember watching this one? Yes, yes, absolutely. I actually started. I started um, with um, the Rumor Week. Oh, that's Boy right. And, the Rumor Week, and then I had to go back retroactively to watch uh, Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space. I mean, just looking at this this cast, it's an all star cast. You know what I'm saying? It's, like Bob it's Avengers Tomato. level. All the different Asparagi that are guy. out there are beautiful. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. The carrots, the peas. You gotta love the peas if you're a Veggie Tales yeah, fan. Yeah. And, sure. and I was trying to figure for out: sure. is the Fib a blueberry? That's just a bad blueberry. I was trying to figure out what kind of vegetable it was. He's like um, a symbiote. He's a, he's a symbiote he a vegetable. vegetable or something. He's from the quantum realm. That's what we'll say. He's from the quantum realm. <laughs> from the he looks like a quantum realm. realm. He's the broccoli man <laughs> from quantum realm. <laughs> whoa, whoa. What if it's VeggieTales down in the quantum realm? I just thought, dude, dude. What, if that was, what if that was like a hyper-realistic VeggieTales situation? That, well, when, when Kevin Feige tweeted that VeggieTales was now canon, you uh, instantly had to think yeah. that the fib... Was a part of him and what was it the um, the holes guy that eat eat the glove? We have to give a spoiler for Quantum Mania, right? Uh, There's probably people who haven't seen it yet, but um, yeah, no, I thought uh, from beginning to end this was good. And I have to say, this was the first movie in our watch order that I watched the entire thing with my kids. Wow, the entire thing I watched with my kids and. I had to question several times, is this child appropriate? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, I, unlike you, I wasn't – I didn't grow up Christian, so, like, I never watched any of these films growing up. So this was this was my first watching of this ever. Uh, these films, Frank, are for when you went to church and they didn't have anything planned for <laughs> the children's church or the children's church teacher got sick. They roll one of these bad boys out there, and all the kids yeah, are. Yeah, this, happy is, this about is the rolling so. cart TV. They are the substitute teachers. Of <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so so I, basically, I have a bunch. Of, since, since you guys grew up in VeggieTales, I didn't. Let me just ask you guys questions, and let's talk about it. All right. First off, is this just a Batman ripoff? Because there's a lot of Batman allusions in this film, right? Uh, the the butler is named Alfred. There's the mobile. There's like. There's like a bat sim symbol, like a, a Larry Boy symbol. Like, it, it feels like. Uh, and, and Jacob, you're the Batman according to our character sets. Like, 
What's going on here? Is this a Batman ripoff? Oh, absolutely. Or it could be considered a fresh and original take oh. on Batman. I mean, coming coming in from that angle, I mean, yeah. come on now. A cucumber as a Batman? That is, that is cool. Really cool. That is very cool. Well, yeah, it is absolutely a, a Batman, Batman spoof. Um, I, I really wish they would have went into an origin story. You know, an origin story of how how Larry became Larry Boy. Also, that's a terrible way to hide your name. (laughs) (laughs) Master Larry is the superhero name of Larry Boy. Come on now. People are going to make those connections. Well, and I was trying to think, too. So, as much as this is a Batman ripoff, you mentioned rumor weed, which is clearly Poison Ivy. Right? Like, like, let's just say. That's a one-for-one for for Poison Ivy. Like, let's just say it. Who is the fib ripping off? Is this a mix of the Joker and Riddler? Like spewing lies twisting to get what it wants um or i was like trying to think because it grows in size is this more like i don't even know is this like a bane like a little bit is this like bane meets joker meets the riddler all combined together see jacob i told you meets venom symbiote symbiote. this is like the (laughs) ultimate bad guy like this is kang level or clayface clayface from batman he would like always would grow as this like gelatinous this is the same year that batman and robin came out the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. It's the same year as that oh, came yes. out. And so this is also the... That's what all uh, Batman fans... Yeah, this is the era... Out. Isn't this the era of bat nipples? Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. It, it was a good era. But anyways, we're not talking about Batman. We're talking about Larry Boy and the Fib. So we talked about earlier, like, what is the Fib? Like, is he a blueberry? Is he... Is he... Um, um, there was a there's a little gummy candy I think by Nerds that looks a little bit like him that's like blue and it has it's like a gummy I don't know what what it's a squishy you, gobstopper right yeah what do you think what do you think he is he's a symbiote I think I think there's no way around it he's related to the symbiote family and if you go through the origins of the symbiote having like the king symbiote or or he's a nasty pesticide that has come from oh. above sprayed on by humans. To try to, um, and it actually kills plants like vegetables that you don't want wow. to die. That you don't want to die. It kills them. It's a, it's a bad. It's a bad pesticide that was given from. I can, above. I can go with that. I Speaking so. of loose ends, they never made another one after this. And there's a fib running out there. There is. Yeah, at the very end of it, there has there's that red fib. Yeah. It just made me think of like at the end of Ant Man Two, when Echo, she's just out there somewhere, and it's just a non-finished storyline. Although there's rumors of her coming back. So I'm just waiting for Big Idea, the company that wrote this, in their VCU, their veg- Vegetable Cinematic Universe, to bring back Larry Boy and the Fib from Outer Space 2. Uh, what would it be? Fibomania. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Or at the end of um, Spider-Man um, Far From Home. The Was first Far one? From Home? Yeah. You mean the first no, no Way Home. No, the, no Way Home. When they had all the purple, no all home. of the... the uh, uh, <laughs> Well, at the end, a credit scene, there's like the little blob of symbiote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets taken back to his universe. You know, that's exactly, that exactly what's happening here. It's exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening here. So, <clears throat> a little remnant of the symbiote. Let's, um, let's dive a little bit into. Well, before we do that, let me ask you this other question. Was Larry Boy even necessary? Like, what was the point of. Because at, at the end of the episode, um, this is a spoiler if you haven't watched it. The, the, if you want to watch this, we found a free streaming channel for you to watch this on YouTube. But um, it, it's interesting. To, to stop the monster, Larry Boy is asking Alfred what he should do. And Alfred said nothing. There's nothing he can do. And so, like, literally, if he wasn't in the movie, it would be fine. I don't know of another superhero movie 
where the superhero had zero influence in the entire film. What do you guys think? Ant Man two. Oh. <laughs> Indiana Jones. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 I was thinking that as I was watching it. I'm like, Larry Boy is the comic relief of this, which makes him not needed yeah. at all. In fact, if Larry Boy wasn't there, they may have defeated the guy quicker mm. uh, defeated the fib quicker he just it was a total uh it was a total merch grab is what it felt like to me sure just a 1000 percent. We're, we're looking to sell those bee baby larry boys at family christian bookstores and so we've got to do everything we can to get his face out there yeah. it's a merch grab yeah well i think it's actually it's 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 stemming on a very intentional deeper meaning mm. tommy a deeper meaning here of when you lie, no one outside of yourself can fix wow. those you hurt. Where Junior wow. Asparagus was hurting those through his wow. lies. And I think pulling Larry Boy out of actually having influence is very intentional to show that if you lie, no one outside of you, not even Larry Boy, can save you from those lies that you commit. The only person that can repair that broken trust is yourself so is this um but my son as we were watching it brought off a very interesting interesting point he said who's going to fix all the cars that the fib broke um so even when you do tell the truth there's still damage that needs to be repaired afterwards as well um wow very very so would you say jacob would you say that this movie is more about a motif of lying or a motif of confession based off of what you just said i think lying. i think lying so so the so so that's the the major theme of this movie is about the consequences of lying and what lying can do to you. There is a line here um, that says, I think it's from the fib. It's the thing, the, that's the thing about fibs, Junior. We grow. Now that I'm big, you belong to me. What is that? What So what does this mean? Like, what is ultimately, like, the main kind of thrust of this film in terms of, of you know, Lying and how we should interpret under our understanding of lying. I think you touched on it this weekend when you preached a little bit when you were going through Exodus talking about lying and that. I mean, the fib's name alone is Fibius Minimus, which is which is great, like a little fib. And so I think the motif is we sometimes don't realize how the the small little white lies that we go to escape our own consequences can grow bigger than we realize. Wow. Um, in fact, you, that's one of the lines towards the end. The fib looks at him and goes, even a, a little lie can get very big very quickly. Um, and if you go back, the, the roots of it, I think La- so, so maybe Larry was important. He does give like the final, and this is your lesson for the day, kids. Um, he, he turns to Junior and he says something to the effect of like, um, uh, oh, what did he say? I just blanked. The idea of, I lost it. You never had those moments. I need more coffee. Um, but Larry Boy, Larry Boy said something to Junior, to Junior about like you were more concerned with the consequences from your parents than you were the consequences of the lie. It was well, something to that effect. Well, that, so so that's a, that's another question I wanted to ask you guys is like, um, it, like, what do you feel the differences or distinction is between getting caught in a lie and confessing a lie? Does that make sense? Like, you guys have kids. Your kids broke the... I mean, I, Tommy, you're an avid bowler. So if you bro, if, the, if, your, if your son broke the commemorative plate of your favorite bowler, right? 
and he feels bad because he got caught lying versus coming to you straight up and confessing that lie. What do you think the distinction is there? I mean, if you're uh, if you're caught in a lie, you just you just live in in that shame and in that guiltiness, right? And that's a terrible spot to be in. Um, I think there's almost a call as a follower of Christ to to get in front of that, to get in front of that, and to confess before you. That way, you don't live in you live in shame still and guilt, but then you can you know you can be opened up to receive forgiveness then from that person that you wronged. Um, and so there's a there's a spot if you wait so long that you're just caught in it. And I think what what we kind of feel in our hearts is like I'm inevitably inevitably going to get caught in it, right? Um, if you wait too long for that, then there's intense shame that comes with it. You can kind of get in front of it, um, and that's where the practice of confession gets in front of some of those things, um, like sins like lying. Um, it gets in front of it where you do feel like it, it kind of it, it helps stymie off some of that idea of shame and then it opens up the gate for forgiveness um before it's like oh you were just found out and now you have to live in this weird nebulous period in a broken relationship i don't know that's just me riffing like off the cuff here but i could be just spouting heresy i don't know that's that's (laughs) well i don't (laughs) i I think it's hard because like my mind goes in a lot of different directions and i'd want to think about it more but i just remember i had an old uh boss at a different job not not where i'm now but he he made a comment once he goes if you confess like to like struggling or or sin or other things like let's let's work on it if you're caught lying to me you're gonna be looking for another job and i know that's harsh but i think that there is this this weird likeness and this is me again off the top i'm like is there is something in confession right like uh if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness right there is a piece like god already knows the sin that we're in like he looks at us and sees that like we're already in it I think some of it is he wants to work on our heart, our willingness to say, no, I want to chase after you. I'm sorry. I did something wrong. Confess and turn around and say, this is the truth. And regardless of the consequences, I'm going to fear the Lord. I'm willing to put the consequence of a broken plate, what might come from my parents, say, I, I accept the consequences because of my actions. And because being of integrity, being truthful is more important than that. I don't, there's just something in that. And I, I, I'm not, I can't like just dive in. Like there's not a specific scripture that's jumping to mind right now. Sure. But I do think there's something in that whole confession and fear the Lord peace. That's more important in there. Second um, Corinthians seven talks about the distinction between worldly sorrow and godly grief. And mm-hmm. like worldly sorrow is this idea that like you are, you are sorrowful, sorrowful. That's a hard word to say. Sorrow. Full. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. You feel sorrow for the the world the, the the world that you live in because you're getting caught in your sin or like having to defend your sin. Where godly grief is, you actually hate your sin, and and when you're caught in it or when, or when you are doing it, you want to remove it and repent of it, right? And I yeah. think that like obviously the. Um, uh, the, the junior asparagus here like i i think one he was tempted to lie right because like the fib was like you should do it you should not tell the truth right and i think he was kind of a little bit more innocent than like someone who just wants to lie but obviously he wanted to not get in trouble but um but there i i mean i'm sure you all know people like this i actually was this kind of person in middle school and early high school where like I was just insatiable in my lying. Like, I would lie on top of lie on top of lie, and I don't even know why I was lying. 
And to the point where, like, I was lying, and I would have to lie about my lies to make sure that my lies don't catch up with themselves, right? I used to say a lot when I was in middle school. There was a girl who was, a, um, who was the daughter of the wrestler Sting. And so, like, she would – and so she was – like, to me, she was the coolest because she always had, like, new wrestling shirts. And she was, like – I mean, Sting would drop her off to school or whatever. So I lied and told people I was The Rock's um, nephew. <laughs> and because I was, like, ambiguously brown and can do the eyebrow thing, people thought I was The Rock's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to lie to so many people because there was a person that went to my church, that went to my school, and I was like, I had to keep this lie going and make sure I didn't get caught and stuff. And eventually I just realized that it was better just to speak the truth and just to be honest with myself and be honest with others than to create some lie I'd rather have people like me for who I am than to lie about who I am. And I think the thing is true about um, lying in general is it's uh, it, it, even small white lies can get out of hand and it can become insatiable to the point where like you can't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And like deep down, like what's the like what's the worst part about a lie? Like why is it like why is it a wrong? Why is it bad to to lie? You're not I mean, you're one. It's a. It's you're bring, you're not showing true face. I mean, you're 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 breaking the command. What 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 are you what are you aiming for here, Jacob? Well, I mean, yeah. There's the idea of just like on the surface, yeah, you yeah, break a yeah. command, right? But I think like even deeper down than that is like you're fracturing yeah. trust. Like a, a like if you're in a relationship with somebody and then you get like you've been lying this whole time, that relationship becomes incredibly fractured because you've just broken wow. trust with that person. And th that's why, like, pr practically, that's why lying is so wrong. That's why God commands it to be out of our lives because he wants our relationships to be built on mutual trust, mutual um, sharing, um, and just, like, he wants love and connection there. And lying just fractures any semblance of love and, and connection and trust towards an individual. And that's why in the garden we were, I mean, that's, the, the lying was like the prevalent thing that overthrew humanity yeah. in the beginning, right? Um, because it broke trust between humanity and God, and we needed Jesus to stand in that place to re, re, yeah. rebuild that relationship and rebuild that trust. The 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 main gospel connection that can be found in this movie is found with the parents. Can someone explain why the parents may have the only example of a gospel connection here in this film? I think I think I remember exactly what uh, Papa Asparagus said, um, but it was if I remember remembering right and correct me if I'm off here. But when he was talking to Junior after Junior confessed, he goes, "I don't care about the silly bowling plate. I care about you." And this idea of like we 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 still have like there's still like sin is a part of life, and we confess it. Like God even says, like He does not leave the guilty unpunished. Right? There is a piece to like God hating sin. But there is a piece to his forgiveness. He removes us from the eternal punishment in terms of, like, brings us back to restored relationship with him. Now, there still may be consequences, right? That plate, that plate is still broken. That plate doesn't magically fix itself at the point of confession. There's still consequences to it in terms of how we live in our life. Like, there may be some restored relationships that need to happen. But there's a forgiveness in terms of the relationship is brought back to the way it's supposed to be. Um, and so I, I think that the gospel in this is, if we like what I quoted earlier if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness it's, it's this idea of being brought into um, a restored relationship with christ and there is this idea of like um of this constant need for forgiveness and let me be clear i'm not saying a constant need of new salvation we don't lose our salvation 
but rather it's like our, our, our relationship at times, we can still not want to talk to God. I, maybe I'm the only one here, so you can tell me, but there are times where I've done things, and the last thing I want to do is sit in prayer and talk to God about it. And, and, but I do think there's something too, like saying, no, that relationship is important enough, I'm going to. I'm going to. And there is a sense of renewed, like when I, I'm lear- I've learned in my life when I confess those things to God, there is a renewed relationship with him in that. Not that since it's new, but it's like, okay, there's nothing hidden. Nothing is hidden here. It's, it's, it's brought to the light so we can work with it. I want to be in the light as he is in the light, to quote the DC Talks. Um, so it's like, there's a, 99, there's a 1997 deep cut right there. Um, great song, by the way. Oh, so good. But I think there's something about confession in, in the gospel, that when God forgives us, there's a grace and a forgiveness involved in there. Um, but yet there still may be consequences that we live in. You make a lie, and you're going to have to go and restore those relationships. And they may be fractured for a season with people that you interact with. There may be other things. So there's still consequences to it. We're not just, hey, I, I asked for forgiveness. I thought that you like everything should be A-OK. It, it takes a while with people. We're all broken. Um, but with God, he sees us. Yeah, he gives to- us right to you have to rebuild that trust again, yeah. right? And rebuild that trust um, through through time, through being genuine, being real with people, um, through love, and uh, and just bearing one another's burdens with each other. And I almost think it it kind of can uh, like like when you when you give your life to Christ and you you're almost you're almost repenting of, of lying, like living the lie of just like living life wayward from from Christ. And when you actually come to him, that he embraces you with open arms, forgiveness, and you're justified. Like you are, you are wiped clean and cleansed. Um, but there's almost a, a parallel where, like your your life, it, it takes a while for you to start looking like Christ, right? And for the Spirit to work, it, do its work within you, and that's progressive mm-hmm. sanctification. In the same way, um, you can forgive somebody instantly for a lie, but it might take time. For you to rebuild that trust and there's a sanctification process that needs to happen in that relationship for that trust to be built back up to where it once was and to be mm-hmm. regained in a sense and that's where you can see the gospel on, on display i think in, in wow. the situation well i mean this film is is incredible i mean it is top five in my list order of of uh superhero films i i unlike like i said i am not like you all where um is that a lie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I was going to say is, unlike you guys, I don't know where this film sits in uh, the v- the greater VCU um, and the VeggieTales Cinematic Universe. I don't know. I don't know how it, it, it interacts, but um, it was a great film. Uh, I will say the CGI sits somewhere between Heimdall's floating head and, and Love and Thunder, and then uh, Quantum Mania, like somewhere in the middle there. Um, it's not the greatest, but it's not the worst. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Um, Tommy, you brought up a good point. Or was it Jacob? What if you all said this? It, is it really kid-friendly? It's kind of scary. You know? I mean, I watched it with my kids on on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. And uh, once the fib grew big and it got dark, my five-year-old Rory was like, I want to go. <laughs> I want to turn this off. And he went into the other room. And then my, my three-year-old Isla, we sat and we watched it together. And she was laughing the whole time. And she was getting really anxious when um, Alfred kept unplugging the computer. <laughs> um, so she she loved it. And then she's told Rory he can come back once the fifth got small. <laughs> so it's kind of like a reversal. My five-year-old was scared. My three-year-old was just loving it. I borrowed uh, one of our listeners, Dave. He watched watches movies with we've talked about this before he watches these uh the marvel movies with his kids and he pauses it and he talks about it 
Um, and so I did that for this. And my three-year-old said, Dad, stop pausing it. Press play. <laughs> he was, like, yelling at me. Uh, they were just excited to watch it. I, I think it is kid-friendly. Uh, but there's a few lines and jokes in there. Not, not they're inappropriate, but go right over their head. Just in terms of, um, it's, it's like the homage to we know there's parents watching this too. Um, but this also fit in a time, I think this was made before Big Idea, the company who made VeggieTales was sold, um, when they were much more focused on this, not like trying to turn into buco bucks, but were actually trying to be that substitute teacher for Sunday school. And so there was, there was more of a, um, more of a, actually more of a gospel approach in this than there are other ones as you get going. Um, you can like to even to the point where some of the VeggieTales that are on Netflix and others right now, I'm like, this isn't even quality. Maybe I'm just a, a boomer thinking through like, you know, season four, I mean, uh, phase four of Marvel was the best. Nothing could get better. Or phase three or whatever. But there is, yeah, this is a, this was start, this was close to the downturn. I forget which, which one, it might've been Madam Blueberry, which was the downturn of, of VeggieTales into the, and this ain't so good anymore. Um, I, uh, I, I, I like the verse at the end. It was like half of a Bible verse. So it's like the verse, the verse for today is, and the truth shall set you free. And it's like, what's the rest of the verse? Like, why are you, why are you gatekeeping this verse, dude? Like, tell us the whole thing, you know? Anyways, well, one last question and then we'll wrap this up. What is Fib's accent? Like, where is it from? Dude, I was trying to peg it down between Brooklyn and Jersey. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's some sort of uh, northeastern kind of uh, accent that's like kind of. And once he gets big, he loses it. It's it's wild. <laughs> he turns into James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he does. His voice drops sometimes. Vader shows up. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, anyways, thank you for joining us. And by the way, April Fools. Obviously, this isn't a serious episode. Uh, we thought it'd be funny to, to not do a Marvel, a Marvel show and do a very serious take of Larry boy and the fit from outer space. Uh, uh, if it, this might be the one episode you can send to like a toddler to listen to, I suppose. But, um, but, uh, it, uh, we, we will come back with sincere Marvel takes and reviews and, and, deep kind of introspective looks uh, from theology and philosophy and and all that kind of stuff when it comes to our favorite Marvel films. We will have friends on like Jacob to help us, you know, kind of really understand what we're looking at and what we're watching. But um, we do hope that when we come back later this year and we start having consistent episodes for the for phase four and on, uh, you will be able to join us and uh, interact with us in these conversations. So, again, find us on Instagram. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you want to watch this live, like uh, the video portion, go on Spotify. Type in Marvelous Gospel. You can see the video of this. Um, but uh, uh, we hope we will, we will see you soon. And as you watch these amazing movies, remember not to miss the Marvelous Gospel. See ya. See ya.